Welcome to the Founder DNA Podcast, where we explore the strengths and experiences of successful startup founders to show that there is no single recipe for success and that startup founders are as unique as the businesses they build. My name is Micah Lawrence, and I'm your host. I'm an ICF certified coach, a Gallup certified strengths coach, and a trained facilitator. And my co-host is Scott Paul, a perpetual creator, angel investor, and a successful startup founder in his own right. Trent Mono is a co-founder and general partner at Convoy Ventures. Convoy is a community-first pre-seed fund that aims to be the first to find and fund Utah's next breakout founders and startups. Trent's a community builder, creative, founder, operator, and connector. When he's not working, he enjoys reading, running, spending time outdoors, and finding new restaurants to enjoy with friends and family. Trent, welcome to the Founder DNA Podcast. We're happy to have you on. Awesome. Thanks. Happy to be here. Great. I have to, so I have to, I have to make a, an observation real quick because not everybody listening to the podcast will see what's going on here, but I appreciate you making time to be on the podcast today so much. So during a busy time for you so much so that you're joining while sitting in your car, not driving mind you, but sitting <laughs> in your car. And at the very same time, Scott is like what? two minutes away from you in a different parking lot also sitting <laughs> yeah. in his car yeah yeah what are the what are the odds uh pretty pretty good with, with scott and i we're we're always always going always on the move always going somewhere so yeah it's pretty pretty normal stuff that's yeah that i guess that makes sense it would have been hilarious if you guys had been in the same parking lot what would have been we, we with, with a little more planning we, we would have you could have you could have yeah well Trent, let's jump into uh, your story a little bit. Would love to hear a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey up to this point in your life. Like, where did you start, and what got you to where you are today? Yeah, definitely. So i I uh, graduated college in in uh, twenty ten in the middle of the in the middle of the recession at at that point, and I was just I just was trying to find anywhere that would that would give me a job at that at that point. So I was. Uh, applying everywhere I could and, and got a job as a financial advisor. So financial advisor is pretty entrepreneurial. There's a, uh, you know, you, you have your own, you have your own practice and you're kind of eat what you, what you kill sort of a thing. So I started uh, working with, uh, fi- with founders and, and, and uh, executives of tech companies and, and startups. And so that was the, the, the niche that I had chosen to work in. And then from there, um, I started a thing called Convoy, which is a community for founders and CEOs of, of tech companies, and which most of which were my were my clients on the financial planning side. And then realized pretty quickly that I enjoyed that quite a bit more than I yeah. enjoyed uh, the financial planning side. So, so yeah, so I did that, um, and that that uh, travel series and, and community that I was building there that became uh, more and more time consuming, and and was growing more and more, and then eventually someone uh, asked me to do a conference for them. And I was like, oh, I don't do, con- I just do these trips and this, we have this community. And they're like, no, no, no I trust you to do this conference. And, and so I was like, uh, okay. And they're like, uh, I'm like, sure, if you're going to pay me, I'll do it. Even though, so it's just kind of like, got, <laughs> how do you say no to acc- that? Yeah, exactly. It was like, just kind of accidentally. And then from there, people started telling people, you know, I'd run to people, oh, what's new trend? I'm like, oh, I'm doing this conference for this one company. And they're like, oh, we need help too. And so, so the grew up and grew to this agency, um, nice. where it was the community, uh, the community side where, where we did all the travel for, for founders and CEOs. And then on the agency side, we we're doing, uh, doing events, doing big, doing conferences and everything for, for tech companies. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was, uh, 
kind of the the first first like big-ish and not even it wasn't even huge you know we we were we we're a dozen employees at the agency um at yeah. that time but you know we had, but the market found you like yeah, they, yeah, they exactly. literally said this can be we can be your market we'll pay you to do this for us yep yep so that was that was uh that was that was the path and then you know COVID hits and then it then it turns out that events and travel isn't the oh, yikes. the best place to be in uh in in during a during a pandemic and then so had a had a stint at um at a edtech company uh, and then uh have started started a, a venture firm now with our with our very own scott paul here that's right and still under the convoy name right yeah, exactly yeah so convoy was the community that was kind of the the version 1.0 of this and then uh convoy ventures uh the community the purpose of the community was just to help founders build find and build relationships through through adventure and, and travel and nice. convoy ventures the idea is to build um build the next generation of founders um so through a community first model of of investing in, in the next generation of founders so yeah that's uh it's convoy became convoy ventures nice and we you know we had we had a time where we we're trying to figure out other names and wondering if it should be convoys or something else but Trenton had built such a, a brand and community around here in Utah around Convoy that because our fund only focuses on seed deals here in Utah, it was just like it was the right evolution of of everything he's been doing. And so Convoy was just a no brainer. We couldn't think of anything better. Yeah. Makes sense if you already had the, yeah. the reputation, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So it sounds like yeah. Do you did you start convoy the community as a side hustle or like it was it was almost like were you even getting paid much for that or was it a passion a passion yeah. project if you will so I was so this is in 2014 um, so I you know I'm based based in Utah and and so the the local chamber of commerce was like oh we know that there's a bunch happening in the startup scene here. Um, so they asked me to to start a program, any program for uh, for the for the chamber, and so I brought in a, brought in several founders, and I was like, oh, what should I do? And that's kind of where the idea for Convoy started. So I was on the board of the chamber, and it started as a program there. They brought in a new president who was like, what is this? What what program is this that we're doing? And so so I, they didn't want to do it through the chamber anymore. And I was like, oh great, I'll I'll keep doing it. And uh, yeah, as it grew and became a thing to where I was like, oh, I can actually like do this and not needed to do the financial planning side um so yeah that is crazy like most a lot of times when we talk to founders there's there's an experience that they had as a kid or like in college or right after college where they they know that they're going to be an entrepreneur and oftentimes they're they're planning on that or they start up trying to start businesses from the get-go from the very beginning Mm -hmm. but it almost sounds like you didn't have that on your radar at all. Oh, I graduated college, went straight to basically a, a traditional job and then had exposure to entrepreneurs and almost like slid into this, this role as an entrepreneur because you realized I, I like this. Is that accurate? Every step of my career and life has been pretty accidental and like opportunities <laughs> have, have, have arisen that I've been like, oh, I can do this. Like, you know, I've, I've been pulled into things much more than I've like kind of like charged my way forward. Like, obviously once once i'm once it's like make the decision to do it then it then it uh then it t- takes the work but there's yeah. been very little that i've been like oh this is what i've always wanted to do you know when i was little i started started uh 
you know, did all this, all the stuff that little kid entrepreneurs did. And, you know, my first kind of thing that I did after, after high school was I started a, a t-shirt brand, you know, and sold, you know, a few thousand okay, dollars. So you've, so I, you've done some things. Yeah. 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 You know, so I, I've, I've always started things and, and, uh, but more of, more of what's been in my DNA, uh, from, from the very beginning is this, is this community building side that yeah. that's, that's what has always, always been there. And, um, and yeah, for, for as long as I've, I can remember, I've brought people together doing different things and doing fundraisers for causes and, and, you know, all, I've always been a very, like, very like community focused organizer to, sort of a person. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So I would love, I would love to transition into some conversation about your strengths, because mm -hmm. as you're talking about some of these things, I hear what I think might be some of your strengths in action. And so for anybody who's listening, all right, by now, everybody knows that I use the Clifton Strengths Assessment by, from Gallup to have everybody on the show. I use it in all of my coaching and team development workshops, but anybody who joins the podcast, I have them take the assessment too. And we usually talk a little bit beforehand about their strengths like you and I have done. And then we'll bring them up in the show so that people can see aspiring entrepreneurs can see that there's a wide variety of strengths that make for successful founders. There isn't a recipe for success, but many people with many styles, many backgrounds, many experiences, and many strengths can be a successful entrepreneur. So I want to dive into that a little bit. And I'd love to start by asking you, is there one or two of your strengths that you feel like you leverage a lot or defines you as a, a, a person or as a startup founder? Yeah. Um, I, the one that, the one that as, as, uh, as we're reviewing the, my top 10, uh, the one that I think that is, is a big one is the, is the activator. Um, yeah. and I think before the activation, so one, one thing that I, I think that I'm pretty good at is seeing where the gaps and where, where opportunities are. For, so for example, Scott and I are doing this, this pre-seed fund. Okay. I saw that Scott is doing a ton of, ton of, uh, ton of investing and, he's got this really great deal flow and, and a bunch of people know him as, as, as an active angel investor. And then I'll see that there aren't really any pre-seed firms in Utah. Um, and so I see, the, see these gaps and then, and then rather, and so once I, once I see a gap, then it's like, okay, time to do something about it, you know, and not just be like, oh man, I wish that, I wish that things were different. I wish that there was more funds here. It's like, I, I, nobody else is doing it about this. So I guess that, I guess it mean, means it's me that is, is going to be the one that that's doing it. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I, I've, I've had that approach, I think for every, every project or everything that I've, that I've done that I've worked on. Um, it's been like, oh, there's, there's an opportunity here, even, even just kind of from the financial planning side of, there's a gap in that I can see what's happening. I could see what's happening 10, 10 years ago in 10, 12 years ago in the Utah entrepreneurial scene, uh -huh. uh, Utah startup founder scene. And I was like, no, but I, I don't know how to, how to address it. I don't know how to be the, be the person to, to be the go-to guy, but that's, that was what I, what I did as, as I was like, okay, I'm just going to figure it out. I'm going to build a network, build a community. And, uh, yeah. and so that, that's, that's where uh, I think the activator is, is the one, the constant theme. Oh yeah, absolutely. So when you said, I'm just going to figure it out, that is something I hear a lot from activators. It's this, this comfort level with not knowing every step of the way not seeing, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily need to see the end from the beginning. I'm going to take a couple steps forward and reevaluate and learn as I go. 
And not everybody's comfortable with that. Some people want to know the plan, like, oh, well, what's every step of the way? And how are we going to address obstacles and risks that come up? I sometimes joke, I sometimes joke with the activators that I work with that it can get you in trouble sometimes. You it's like jumping into it's like jumping into the water feet first and then realizing that you needed a life jacket because you're so eager to get going and you're willing to figure things out as you go. It, it puts you in a position where you can take advantage of opportunities, like your example of somebody comes to you and says, hey, will you do this event for us? And you're like, well, I don't do that. But because they are willing to pay you and trust you, you're like, fine, I, I do that now. I'm going to figure yeah. it out as I yeah. go. Like that strikes me as an activator thing to be willing to say, I know I can figure this out and I'll do it as we go one step at a time, but I don't need to know the whole plan from the beginning. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, totally, totally. No, because because I think I think that's a that's hundred percent the way that I've always addressed everything. And so when I find an opportunity, it's not just like oh, I see that there's a gap in the market and I can go do that, even though I have no idea about that space. So <laughs> so I, so it's not as like willy nilly as just like oh, I see an opportunity in the medical field, and it's like well, I, of course that's not going to be the thing that that I that I approach and that I that I go after. But things where it's like, oh, I've been doing these trips and I've been bringing people together really for as long as I can remember. So it's like, what's the big difference between an event or a conference and these trips that I've been doing? Scale and kind of some 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 process things. And it's like, oh, I can figure that out. It's not so far removed from what I've been doing. Yeah. But there is a ton of unknown that I am going to need to figure out al- along the way. I, I hear a lot of uh, self-assurance is one of the strengths of the the full of the 34 strengths from Gallup. Self-assurance is one of them. It's number 12 for you. It's like just outside of what we would consider your top 10. But I actually hear a ton of that in the way that you talk about these opportunities. People with high self-assurance uh, believe they can do it. It's like, well, there's an opportunity. Why not me? It's like, yeah, I can figure that out. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think probably the reason why it's why it's 12, um, where it's the, you know, it's relatively high on the list, yeah. but it's not the highest is I also like am like very aware of imposter imposter syndrome, how, okay. it, show, how it shows up in myself, you know. And so th- this is actually kind of an interesting thing that I, I realized, realized really, really early on is um, that I have generally when I when I start a new project, I will start I'll charge like very little for the thing because I'm like kind of like a, Oh, who am I to charge (laughs) charge top dollar for the, for this sort of a thing. And so, uh, so for an example, so this event agency that I, that I did, we, we got to the point to where we were doing, you know, solid five figure, five figure contracts with with our clients, you know? So it's not like we're massive agency, but we're, we're, you know, we're, we're commanding decent, decent money for for what we were doing. Yeah. Uh, The pandemic hits and then, um, and I'm, you know, I immediately realized I'm like, we're screwed uh, <laughs> if we don't if we don't figure something else else out. So I was like, okay, we're gonna do virtual events. Um, and so instead of just being like, okay, we're gonna still keep charging five figures for these virtual events, I was like, look, I can figure out how to do them. I just have no idea how to do them. We now. got a learning curve. And, yes, exactly. So what I did was, um, so in March, my the I brought my team together. I'm like, okay, here's what, actually in February because I could see the writing on the wall of what, what was happening. And I was like, okay, so March is going to be going to be 30 events in 30 days. It's going to, it's going to be our goal. And, um, and so going from uh, never having done a, a virtual event before 
to 30 days later, it actually took us 45 days to get the 30, 30 wow. events, but, but still we were able That's to still do really fast, thir- in, insanely fast, you know, cause yeah. the year prior we had done 50 events total. Um, and Dang. which is, you know, one a week, which is a lot in the events world. Yeah. Um, and so, and so, yeah, so we, so it's, yeah, that very much that activator sort of thing and self-assured of like, Oh, I'll figure it out. But also this imposter syndrome of like, I don't deserve to charge for this. And so, <laughs> but once I, once I got that under my belt, then I was like, okay, I, now I feel comfortable. Like after 30 days, I actually feel like we're better than basically everyone who's, who's doing virtual yeah. events at this point, you know, which everyone was at the beginning of the pandemic, you know? And, and so, so it's, it's, yeah. So it's this, this thing of like self-assured enough to know that I can figure it out, but also but not so much like, who, who am I to, you yeah. know, so it's, I love that you, I love that you can explain that. You feel like you understand that about yourself that it wouldn't be top 10 necessarily, but it does belong up there around number 12. That's that's actually pretty cool. So I, I'm curious between the two of you because you and Scott both have Activator and knowing that you work together, we, we've talked about the fact that these strengths are are two-sided coin. Sometimes yeah. when we use them maturely, and we apply them intelligently, that's when it really shows up as a strength and it serves us. But sometimes we misuse or we overuse our strengths and they can actually get us in trouble. They can be, like I said, activators can sometimes come across as really impulsive to people around them who don't have activator strength. Cause it's like, yeah, let's try this. Oh, we had this idea, let's take action. Let's go figure it out as we go. And that can appear to be impulsive for people. So have you, with that in mind, have you and Scott gotten yourselves in trouble where you realize too late you're like oh we're in too deep has that ever happened in any anything that you've done up to this point together no i don't i i can't think of any examples of where where we're just like where we're in too deep um i i think i think what it does is it it like creates uh oh yeah here's here's what has happened it's it's create created timetables that are unrealistic that we've committed to and we're and we're like well i guess do whatever it takes to make make it happen yeah. which if you're trying to optimize for your mental health and 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 all that there's not the it's not the way not to go the way to, not the way to go at all <laughs> you know and and so so i think i think in terms of like just being able to um execute on what we've what we've said that we're going to i can't think of an example where where it's like, oh, we really bit off more than we chew, than we could chew. We're gonna have to break some promises. We're gonna have to do this and that. Um, good. It's been more, been more of like, oh, there's a price to pay as a result of of this, and there's gonna be a lot less sleep, more stress, you know, that yeah. that sort of stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. Like, had yeah. you had you taken the time to think through what are all the implications of moving forward on this, you might have been able to plan ahead better and not have that um, demand on your mental health and your time and that pressure on yourselves, but you still made it work, so it's not like yeah, it was I, a big, a big risk. One of my one of my favorite uh, favorite phrases that I learned from a from a co- past coworker is this phrase of time optimism. Um, and so, so, you, so a time optimist is somebody who's like, oh yeah, I can do that. I can do that in the in this amount this amount of time. And it's really it's like you're underestimating it by by 10x of, of what you think it's actually going oh to i've be, worked with know? one of those yeah I've yeah oh those. Uh, Time probably, we've probably we've already we've probably all worked with, with many of them and and some of us are you know and i and scott and i are both both uh, time, time optimists, optimists. <laughs> yeah exactly i, I have so, to say though trent is more time optimistic than even me and that's saying a lot he he, uh, he, goes, well, I, he, he bites <laughs> off so much and uh I've, I've, I've actually gotten 
better because I got really bad for a while. But uh, Trent, Trent is 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 doing so. All has always been, you know, paralleling several projects at the same time. And yeah. and, and 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 I'll tell you what, his time optimism mixed with his what's it maximalist what's that his first pro, his first skill Ma- maximizer maximizer and optimizer and his optimism those conflict because he wants yeah. to do all things really well i could see and, that and so i i i'm pretty good at being time optimistic because i'm i'm my i'm like a 20 percenter like i give everything yeah. M- mvp get it out the door mvp yeah mvp and, and, but and, and then you have but the trent like wants to always do a great job and he does do a great job uh but that's so hard to do you know when you're loading you know 25 projects simultaneously which is probably why he said he didn't say sometimes we we activate on things and we miss deadlines i didn't hear him say that what i heard was sometimes it has an effect on my mental health because i put so much pressure on myself it's almost like that i could hear that maximizer would create some friction with wanting to activate and push things through and have optimistic deadlines when you want to do a good job and you're committed to doing quality work and yet you know you don't have enough time to do the level of quality that's important to you yeah so an example of of this is is so scott and i you know we as we launched the fund in january and um and when um, and we had our, had our, uh, I guess it would be our second close in just this past, just this past week. Uh, so February 28th, and that's our deadline to, uh, for, for our close. Um, I, we had a goal that, of what we wanted to hit for fundraising. And also I had a, a trip that, uh, I've had planned even before Scott and I decided to start the fund together. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I was, I was in Hawaii. Um, I was with my family and I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to not hit, hit, not going to not fundraise and, and push towards that. So, so, you know, so I'm waking up three hours before my kids, cause I'm oh, in yes. Hawaii time and I'm, and I'm getting, getting, you know, five to eight calls in every, every morning before we head out, head out the door for the day. So I'm jamming in business calls while I'm on vacation and maximizing both of like spending really great quality time with my with my family and also pushing everything forward on the fundraising end but also getting to the end and be like oh i need a vacation for my vacation that was exhausting <laughs> so it's uh, right. yeah yeah what i hear what's interesting that i think would be a, a, an effective partnership between you and scott and what i've heard in a couple of the things that you've mentioned that we haven't talked about yet is achiever you have number 3 really high achiever and people with the achiever strength are super productive. They value productivity. They're always getting things done. They know they know what needs to be done and they get a lot of joy and satisfaction out of working hard and checking things off their list. Guess where that falls in Scott's 34 strengths? Uh, achiever. Uh, bottom five. Achiever. Bottom five or 10. It's his, it's his very last one. <laughs> are you serious? It's Scott's it's very last on your list. And it's not that he doesn't know how to get stuff done. It's just that that joy of being productive and working hard. And I've noticed achievers seriously tend to need less sleep. It's weird how frequently (laughs) I hear that from achievers that they can go, they can go on less sleep because they like starting the day being productive and ending the the day being productive. So I imagine that's actually a really powerful partnership between the two of you as Trent has that, that stamina to work hard and get crap done. 
Uh, yeah, I, 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 I kind of hesitate have acknowledging the fact that that's on the bottom of of Scott's because Scott's like the way. So Scott is he's self proclaimed of like doesn't touch a laptop and, and <laughs> stuff like that, you know. Yeah. So so I think I think that's a, that's probably a fair assessment if if that's what we're talking about with with the achiever. But I mean, in terms of like getting stuff done and really move the needle with in like this unique scott way like i I think that's that's definitely definitely uh, very unique as as far as that goes but yeah for me like i i'm when when i think about the achiever thing yeah i i am very what was what was the the, my fourth one again the the uh, activator 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 Yeah. yeah so so for the activator that's definitely true but also also like I I'm so conscious of like let's build processes along the way and because yeah. we can't we can't uh, we can't get everything done if we're trying to like refigure out every process and huh. and so that for me is is like I I think a huge part of it is like stopping along the way taking notes r- checking in with with people and be like all right what of this can be off uh, can be automated what of this can be uh, can be redone. So we're not having to recreate the wheel every single time we're doing this. And I think that's a, that's a huge part of it is, uh, I feel best about myself and my work when I also have, um, time to just block off and, and think about process, think about how to be most efficient in everything. I feel, I feel least at ease when I'm only in meetings back to back, which has been a lot of this fundraising process that, has been just it's meetings the the work gets done in the meetings you know so so is that something that that's actually i've heard from a lot of achievers that they don't they don't like meetings because they do have that task list of all these things that i want to get done and being in a meeting is taking me away from that and anything that takes me away from getting things done that are important to me on my list are a distraction and so i've actually heard partners make that agreement if i don't have to be in that meeting cover for me, go, you go do that. And you tell me what I need to know after the meeting so that I can be an achiever. So I can keep getting stuff done and being productive. And that's an understanding that some people come to once they realize I don't, you know, one of the partners doesn't mind going into meetings and the other one doesn't like going into meetings. It's like, great. You can actually serve each other and both be at your best when you understand that about one another. So there's a little something to think about with Scott too. Yeah, yeah. The, so as we're thinking about like kind of the balance of Scott and myself, where one of the things that I really like is is structure and knowing what my schedule is going to be, and and that is you, you, you you're shaking your you're shaking yeah. your head where you where you know that's not that's not Scott. And yeah. so the um, yeah, so for for me, um, meetings are I, meetings are a means means to an end. It's it's the vehicle to push things that rely rely on trust and relationships forward. Um, and so meetings are, are not what my preferred way to spend time, but I see the utility of them and try to try to limit them as, as much as I can. But that doesn't mean that I don't have 30 meetings scheduled on my calendar this week, you know? And yeah. so, so it's, uh, it's, yeah, it, it's not my preferred place, but I, I do them because I, I see the value. Of them. Yeah, that's good. And that's important. I think that's important to acknowledge and have that understanding. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Scott, you don't, you don't, do you have feel any need to uh, justify yourself or represent yourself we're like making observations about you behind behind your back in front of you 
No, I mean, it's, it's my brand. It's my superpower. So what, you know, where people, where people uh, tend to be strong, I I'm weak and then I find a workaround and I've done that my whole life. And so I don't do meetings. I do, uh, I, I, I literally invested in an app and I'm the number one promoter of Volley, yeah. which uh, has, has made me uh, a super productive human. And I, and I have a thousand relationships on that platform. And, and that's, and that's just fits into like my future, like all of my strengths, because I want to be innovative and futuristic and doing all things just a little bit different and plowing forward with new methods that people don't use. And, I, and I'm not, and I'm not afraid to tell people, this is the only way I would talk. You know, I don't, I don't want to uh, conform. It's just been in my, since I was a you know, first grader. And so it's, I, I, what I do is I try to find uh, how to uh, utilize and, and uh, do things that are, you know, contrary to like, I guess the norm <laughs> and, and, it, and it works for me. Yeah. It, it, it actually, it's been working. It doesn't always work I love you know, growing up ADHD and, and stuff. I didn't always have, um, I didn't know how to turn my, my weaknesses into powers, but um, as of late, I've done that a lot. And that's really like, I don't, people, when they talk behind my back, I kind of like that because that's like branding for my methodologies. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and Trent is someone that understands a superpower when he sees it, he realizes me and him together can like do a ton because uh, he doesn't see, he doesn't see my brand or my methodologies as a weakness that I don't do meetings like everyone else. He sees that as like, he's able to see and, and identify that talent and, combine with me and, and we're, we're going to have the biggest seed fund in Utah in less than 18 months uh, by yeah. number of deals and portfolio companies. And that's, that's not achieved unless we're doing something amazing. Different. Did you know yeah. that that's a strength, Scott, what you just said about Trent is one of the 34 strengths that he's able to see other people's superpowers and know what they're good at and how to use them. That that's called, yeah. indi it's called individualization. So oh, I've never heard. That. Oh, I didn't know right? what that one was. You, you said that. And I it's didn't know new. What that one meant. Yeah. It's we new. haven't, I don't think we'd ever talked about this because it's not in your top 10, but this is awesome for a leader of teams because oftentimes this surprises them. Trent, you, you may not know this about yourself. If you're like other people who have this strength that you can see what makes other people unique. You understand, like Scott said, I can see what they're good at and how to use them and naturally would have, um, an idea of where to put the right people in the right places to get the most out of them and set them up for success. You do that so intuitively, if you're like other people with high individualization, that you don't realize that's hard for other people and that that's easy for you. I don't know if you've noticed that as you've been a leader or as you've put people in positions or created partnerships, you're nodding a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've so, seen this? So one of, one of my favorite articles is it's this article. It's not about like leadership or management really, uh, but it's called called Chaos Muppets and Order Muppets. So it's this idea, <laughs> okay. it's this concept that comes from the Muppets, you know, Kermit uh -huh. the Frog and stuff like that. Uh -huh. So Kermit is like the, the prototypical order Muppet. He's the one who's like, he's rational. He keeps the plot going. You know, he, he speaks in the full sentences. And then you have people like Animal or you have people like uh, the Swedish chef or, the chef, or yeah. you know, it's a, yeah, you know, he's like literally stuff's on fire. And like, and in order to have like for creative things to happen, you need to have order Muppets and you need to have the chaos Muppets. And I think, yeah. and for me in this creative agency that I created, I talked about that all the time where, where I brought together order Muppets and chaos Muppets and I would pair them together on projects um, so that things could get 
could move forward um, faster, you know? And so, and so it's like, cause if it's just order, it's boring. If it's just chaos, nothing ever, ever happens. Yeah. And so Scott is actually, I think, I, I don't know what his score for it, the individual individualization, but Scott's actually really good at finding the, finding the order Muppets to, for to complement his chaos yes, of where, where his, his creativity and he's, and he, every project that he works in, he finds somebody who can like really move things forward and, and can really like be the one that like, Hey, here's this crazy idea. What if we did this, you know, and, and that, and that's, and I, and so, yeah, I, I've, I actually think that that's, I, that's something that I think a lot about is, is teams, right roles for people, uh, not just individuals, but how teams can come together. And, and believe me, I thought about that a ton as I'm thinking about, about partnering with, as I was thinking about partnering with Scott, of like, yeah. how do we, how do we find the best out of, out of ourselves and, and, and come together and, and uh, yeah, I, th- cool. if I hadn't, it, it, it was a very deliberate decision to be like, here's where mine and Scott's strengths and weaknesses line up. And I, and, and like we've, Scott and I have talked about this a lot where, where we feel like they line up really, really well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see it. And I, animal, animal is my spirit Muppet. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. One last thought about individualization that I think would be interesting to hear if you've noticed this in your leadership style or in your work is that people with high individualization can't help but tailor solutions to the needs of the individuals. They, they're not a cookie cutter solution kind of person. I'm not going to create one product that every, that comes off the shelf or out of the box that serves everybody the same way, but nobody the best way. Instead, you're going to customize the solution and see, I understand your needs and I'm going to meet your needs with the exact solution that's customized or tailored to those needs. And I, I could hear that in the way that you uh, are able to well, even hear, hear people's requests for come to this event for me. I imagine you don't have a cookie cutter plan for events that you, you right, find out right. what's needed for them and you deliver exactly what they need to have the best event for their position, but that might be, or for what, for what their uh, outcomes are that they're looking for. Has that shown yeah. up? in the way that you approach problem solving and, and your work? Definitely, definitely, yeah. I, I, um, I'm always try to be a listen first person and, and, and try to understand before I just start talking and try, try to start solutioning, you know? It's, it's really understand, understand what, what, the, what the needs are, what the problems are, and then, and yeah, go, go in a little bit more custom and, and yeah, try to, try to be more, more attentive to needs. Um, one, one thing that I will say that that is a little bit off of that though, is uh-huh. I, my personality doesn't change to where, um, I think, I think the way that I show up changes a little bit, but my, I'm very direct. I'm extremely direct. I'm, I'm, and, and I'm very transparent. Like people don't have to wonder about what I, what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking, you know? Yeah. And so, and so Scott, Scott, there, there's been a couple of times where, where Scott and I have gotten in, in the little uh, arguments is too strong, whatever step down from an argument is. And, and, and I, and I'm like, I, I'm actually like, not, not really even mad. Like, this is just like, this is just what's <laughs> on my mind. And this is what, this is what I, what I, and, and so like, and then we're able to talk through it. Like once, once uh once it's like out on the table then we're able to talk through it and so that that i always show up in that way um but i try to um try to be adaptive to um the the end outcome i try to be adaptive to whoever i'm talking with but but i'm all whether people like it or not i'm always transparent always speak speak my mind about about things and 
that's the part that you know yeah. I, th- I think most people appreciate it and it's refreshing to most people but I, I've rubbed I've rubbed people around the way when I'm yeah. when I'm uh, more blunt than they're used to. Well, that's so that's uh, another strength. It's called command. It's when when mm. people are really comfortable challenging others or saying what needs mm. to be said, and it's yeah. the least. It is the least common strength of all of the thirty four. You are so mm. you're unlikely to see that strength more than any other strength in somebody's top strengths. And you yeah, and Scott, so- you and Scott both have it. So it's, it's in, <laughs> yeah. so it kind of explains why when something needs to be said, you're not going to, you're not going to fold over. If somebody's pushing against you, you're going to push back. That's what the command is. No, I've got to say something, something needs to be said. But what's cool about command that kind of came out in your explanation is people with high command are comfortable challenging others. And so they actually respect it when people challenge them back. They, they respect that person more when they're willing yeah. to say what needs to be said back. And I bet that coming out of those debates between you and Scott, that actually built your respect more than it for your relationship. hundred percent, hundred percent. I, I, I really struggle with people where, where I'm like, I don't know what's going on in your head right now. I don't yeah. know what, what you're, what you're thinking right now. And I love to spar. I love to, to go back <laughs> and forth with people. Cause I, cause that's like, show me you care about this. Show me this is important to you. Let, let's get some yeah. emotion behind it. And, and so, and, and Scott and I, we have, we have fun conversations and half the time I'm like, yeah, you're right, Scott, we should do it this way. And half the time Scott's like, oh, you're right. Sharon. I, I wasn't thinking of it like I that. Love that. So it's uh yeah, we both are very cool. uh, strong, strong opinions, loosely held, you know? Is that how you feel, Scott? Yeah, yeah, we've had we've had a few fights, and I loved them because I wasn't passionate about it. And then Trent called me out. I like I grew as a person, like realizing I'm glad you didn't just let me plow over you and be a jackass. And he and <laughs> and some of it was through text. Like a lot of times, communications lost when you when you're dealing. Like him, sure. him and I have probably most of our relationship is written right now. Like we're we're always texting a bunch of people in intros. And so, you know, that, a lot of my mistake was miss just not having the good context. We needed a phone call because I, I can better explain myself. I'm so, I'm so short. Like my, my texts are also just kind of like shorthand. It's just quick, <laughs> quick, quick. I expect True. people to figure out what I'm trying to do when I make an intro. I don't, I don't, in fact, I have usually I'll intro two people and I'll just say, Trent, meet Scott. And they have to, they have to go unwind and find out why they're being introduced. <laughs> yep. So, um, so I've been, I've been on the other side of that a couple of times. Yeah, you have, I know. No, <laughs> yeah. no one's been, on, there's no other way to do it. It doesn't even matter. But I know it now. I know like how it works. A big VC. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. I don't, I don't, I'm no respected person. Like if it is, if it, if it is, it's a, <laughs> vice president of the United States, I will do the same thing. It's just how I work. And so I don't change that, but like Trent's really good to kind of put me in place and teach me and, and, and help me. He, he doesn't, he understands my strengths, but he also sees when I'm like, when I'm doing my strength is when it's not a strength, when it's a weakness and I'm, I'm actually um, being uh, short in the wrong way or that I, you know, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm being, I, it was, it happened it happened early when we were doing Cryptopia and I just, I loved like, dang, I need more people around me that, that put me in my place. Like we should seek that out. We shouldn't surround ourselves with, uh, you know, yes, people or confirmation bias or affirmation, affirmation all the time. And Trent and I think are to that place after eight years of, of being close friends that like a brother, you know, he's going to just say like, take care of your crap and then and then also like we stick up for each other because we've been through yeah mental health, we've yeah we've been through mental health crises both of us we 
we're both married with kids and we, we just know what it, what, it, what it's like to be, you know, a, a, a male in this society here in Utah and like troubles and being an entrepreneur stuff. And so we like, we have each other's back because people will talk trash on him or me. And, and we know each other so well that we can go like, that's yeah. Trent was having a hard time right then. Or Trent, like yeah. this was a hard uh, company for him when he was doing that thing. And, and so it's that's like, awesome. I just love that. I have someone that, um, knows me well enough to stick up for my name whenever I, whenever it's needed. And, and that's, uh, that's just, I don't know. It's, I, I think that's a strength, but also like, you don't get there. You don't get there like quickly. Like that's a, that's a developed, that's a developed relationship yeah. too. So it's not like innate in our, in our 34 strength. It's also t- time. It take it took time for us to get there where I actually want disapproval or I want to be challenged. Oh, for and, sure. uh, I wasn't there at first. I'm not there with a lot of people, honestly, not a lot of people at all. I, I, uh, I, uh, I usually like cut people out of my life if they try to tell me stuff. That I don't like to hear. <laughs> That's really cool. Well, Trent, we're coming up on time here. I, I would like to end by just asking you, what is one thing that you would share with aspiring entrepreneurs that you wish you knew earlier? Yeah, I, I think I, I think for me, as I think about, um, I, I'm not sure if that this lines up with any any of the strengths or anything. Oh, that's but okay. one 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 thing that I um, that I learned, it took me a really long time to learn. So as a financial advisor, I uh, I wear suits every day, and I I, I say that be, because like right now, you know, my hair's I haven't gotten I haven't cut my hair in two years, you know, and, and it's like, and I and I'm and my personality is just like. I've realized that like, I'm going to be who I'm going to be and take it or leave it. Like, like if you like it, cool. You're going to, that means you like me for authentically who I am. And if you don't like it, then it's like, whatever. There's, there's enough people that I don't need to be, be people pleaser, everyone. And what I've realized as I've shown up more authentically that like, I'm able to actually use my own strengths better and understand myself versus being like, Oh, I admire this about somebody else. I'm going to try to try to emulate that. I remember when I was, when I was a financial advisor, I actually bought the same glasses, uh, same like nerdy glasses as this guy that, that was like the top, top advisor in our firm. Uh And I was, and I was just like, I was like, that's what I, (laughs) that's what he's like. I need to, I need to have the same glasses as him because that's obviously the reason model after the success yeah (laughs) yeah you know and and i just realized and this is and this again is is the thing that i love about scott is is just this unapologetically unapologetically yourself and that's that's what i try to model as well um in what i tried to be as well is is just realize like dude my strengths are my strengths and I'm going to lean into those as much as possible. And, um, I will be aware of my weaknesses, but, but the strengths are the things that, that are going to really take me, take me far. And, uh, and Scott, I know Scott, these things the same way where it's like, Oh, the strengths are the strength. You gotta, you gotta focus on the superpowers. If you're, if you're, yep. if Superman was always walking around worrying about where the, where the kryptonite was, then he wouldn't, he wouldn't be, uh, he wouldn't be able to help anyone. But it's like, no, I've, I've got yeah. superpowers. I'm going to use them. And that's what I'm going to focus on. That I love that and couldn't agree more. I have that conversation with a lot of new leaders who have, that tendency to compare myself to other leaders. Oh, wow. He's really good at these things, or she's really good at these things. Maybe I need to model after them. And it's like, no, lean into, lean into who you already are and be the best at those things. Love it. Trent, thank you for your time, man. Where, where can people find you and learn more about you or what you're doing at Convoy Ventures? 
Yeah, yeah. So I think just LinkedIn. Uh, Scott is probably the most vocal uh, between the two of us. So you know, Scott on LinkedIn. I'm a, I'm on LinkedIn. Just Trent, connect with me on LinkedIn, Trent Mono. Um, Twitter is probably my my place where I'm I'm more most active. But it's uh yeah at Trent Mono on Twitter and and yeah that's uh those are probably the most the best places there. Okay, sounds good. Hey, it was so good to talk to you. We appreciate you being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Founder DNA Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to receive notifications about new episodes. And also, consider leaving a rating and review to spread the word. You can find more content from Scott Paul on LinkedIn and on his YouTube channel, Life with Scott. And you can find more content from Micah Lawrence on LinkedIn or at micahlawrence.com. For a discount on Micah's flagship online course, The Self-Actualized Leader, visit micahlawrence.com slash discount. The music used on this episode was Something Elated by Broke for Free. <laughs>